Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Today is a very powerful, powerful um, set of readings, both from Hebrews and uh, from uh, the Gospel according to Luke. And I'm going to touch a little bit on both of them, especially as we look forward to kick off Sunday on September 15th as a parish. But our reading from the Gospel of Luke today opens with Jesus healing, uh, teaching on the synagogue on the Sabbath, and that's very significant. Luke is trying to get your attention. He's about to teach you something, teach all of us something. And uh, all of a sudden, this woman walks in who is um, uh, crippled. She is curved. She has a hunch, and she's curved in on herself there. And uh, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of well-meaning scholars write this off as a scoliosis or maybe a calcium deficiency. However, Luke was a physician. And we can't forget that. He knew exactly what was going on, and he articulates that this wasn't just physical. This was something far more profound. This was a spiritual condition. This was a spiritual condition. One of the great insights of St. Paul, and he picked this up from Jesus, actually, is that humanity, far from being upright on its own, we like to think that we're upright on our own, but far from being upright on our own, the truth is, is that we are curved in on ourselves. What this means is, is that we may not be as bad as we think we can be, but on our own, our priority is usually ourselves, even when it comes to our good deeds. And what Luke wants us to know is that this woman... Because when we make ourselves the priority, we usually uh, make ourselves the savior as well. And so we wind up carrying a lot of heavy burdens, don't we? This woman was weighed down under the circumstances of life. Uh, This woman is a reflection on a profound level of humanity as it is, not as it should be. And so therefore we can all relate. Because who here isn't curved in, in some respect of their life, in some area? Maybe for you, it's a childhood wound that keeps on manifesting itself. Maybe for you, it's an actual child that is really, really stressing you out. Maybe for you, it's your parents as they age and the burden that that becomes. Maybe for you, it's an addiction. Maybe for you, it's a difficult relationship. Maybe for you, it's your work, and here we are, and we're getting ready to start all over again. Or here we are, and you haven't ever stopped. And what happens is, is that we, we say all the time, yeah, yeah, the gospel, the gospel, of course, of course, the gospel, but not there. Not there. They can't touch that. So let me ask you today, what has you curved in? What has you curved in? And this is my first point today. The woman in our reading today is real. She's real. She's a real human who on a profound level is a reflection of all of us. Maybe not you, but definitely me. Because we all have areas. We all have areas in life that are completely untouched by the gospel. These real deep wounds that need the balm of Gilead placed right on them. Good news of God's grace. We all have burdens, though, that have us completely curved in. And this is what makes what happens in our gospel reading today quite amazing. Jesus stops, and Jesus calls her out. You notice so much of American religion is about your initiative. But here we see 
what it's actually all about. God taking the initiative. Jesus coming to her and he says, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. And he lays his hands on her and she is immediately made straight. She praises God. This healing, though, it comes in direct conflict with the Pharisees and their do-it-yourself, every-man religion. You know, we would call it probably virtue signaling today. And he, he calls her out, and he's right on one level because it is the Sabbath. What does the fourth commandment say? You should keep the Sabbath day holy. However, by calling out and demonstrating his rightness, this is a profound thing, and this is what the theology of the cross teaches us, is that even our good deeds condemn us. Because even here, him calling her out and being completely right on a profound level and demonstrating his piety above his neighbor, supposedly connected to the God he was worshiping, what he reveals is his incurvature. And Jesus calls him out. Jesus calls this uprightness crooked. And he says, you hypocrites. I was discussing this with Doug Estella last week because he also calls them hypocrites last week. But hypocrites in the Greek doesn't mean like what we think it does. Although it fits, hypocrites means you people of low judgment. This is what he's saying. You people of low judgment. On the Sabbath, you'll untie your donkey or your horse from the manger and lead it and give it water. And they didn't answer because they all did it. This was actually one of the loopholes that they had created within the Sabbath. This was one of the permissible activities on the Sabbath. But Jesus says, shouldn't this woman, shouldn't this woman, a daughter of Abraham, a.k.a. a person justified by faith alone, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, shouldn't she be set free from this bondage as well? Of course she should. Of course she should. But notice they didn't answer. They were put to shame. So is it lawful to have uh, to heal on the Sabbath? Is it lawful to drive a diesel car? You know? Is it lawful to do this? Is it lawful to do that? How far is too far, Jesus? Well, if you're curved inward because of your own piety, you, like the Pharisees, can't ever answer this question because you're paralyzed. And this is where life under the law leaves you. It leaves you painted back in a corner. It leaves you in the realm of black and white. However, the gospel, what it does is it begins to reveal that everything fades actually to gray. On a profound level, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. To quote Homer Simpson. Because if you think your justification is coming from something you do, well, then you are mistaken. You are mistaken. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So upright, we throw ourselves on the mercy of God in Jesus Christ. And curved in, we throw ourselves on the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. For he is the source of our healing. And he is the source of our rest. He is the very thing that the Sabbath was pointing to. And this is my second point. Only one who is free from the law can answer Jesus' question with a confident yes. 
it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath. For Jesus is healing. Jesus is the epitome of the Sabbath rest for this curved-in woman, and he has come just the same way for you and me. Jesus is our rest from our burdens. He is our rest from our sin. And ultimately, praise be to God, he will be our rest when we die. For we've been given a promise that we'll be raised on the last day. Jesus is the rest that only God in the flesh can give. Now this has massive, massive implications for our worship and how we live our lives together as a grace-focused, gospel-centric church filled with radical forgivenitarians. And what I want to do right now, before I wrap, I want to wrap up with this, but I want to touch on this and what it means for us as we move towards September 15th and kick off Sunday. You see, here's the problem, and uh, the, the church in this country has been completely co-opted by both the left and the right. Both red and blue demand their false prophets, and they're going to have them. They're going to have them. And see, in that false church, you have a lot of folks, and religion is all about being straightened up. Religion is being all about on what right side of the debate you're on. Religion is all about following the rules, being perfect, virtually signaling, being socially conscious, and has nothing to do with the gospel. As we have seen over the last decades, American Christianity, defined not by the gospel, but by other agendas, has become irrelevant. It is irrelevant And it is a burden, and it is an instrument of abuse as our anxieties and our fears are only heightened, especially by those things that are sometimes out of our control. And this city is filled with tons of people from below the Mason-Dixon line who now identify as nuns and duns and are running as fast as they can from that nonsense, whether it be left or right. And if you have ever witnessed this or been a victim of it, let me tell you today, on behalf of the greater church, I am super sorry, for you were not in a place where the gospel was central. Yet a church where the gospel is central, that Jesus has died for you, Jesus has risen for you, Jesus is coming again for you, he is your rest full stop Where the gospel is central, like that woman, Jesus comes to you, grace and mercy comes to you, and burdens and shames are removed by God's abiding love. They're removed by the gospel alone. And over time, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not me, but by the Holy Spirit, you begin to understand that while while with St. Paul, you still may be the chief of sinners— You have been, you are, and you are being made straight. As St. Paul says in his letter to Galatians, circumcision means nothing, uncircumcision means nothing. A new creation is absolutely everything. And that's what you are in Jesus Christ by virtue of your baptisms. You see, for where the gospel is preached... Sins are forgiven, and the dead are raised. And this is what the whole epistle to the Hebrews is all about. The gospel is preached when we understand when we come to church, it may be a little hot, it may be cold, there may be two Sundays where it's just right. But you're not coming to any dull moment. 
we come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. We join our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven for that festal assembly. And we gather with all the other firstborns, for that's what you are in Christ. And we come to the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we come to Jesus here on Sundays, to the mediator of a new covenant, sprinkled with blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You remember what Abel's word was in Genesis? Give me revenge. And that's what it is when you think you're doing it and someone else isn't doing it. Avenge me. But we come to the altar where we hear a better word. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That's what the gospel is all about. And this is my third point. This is the good news. To share with your neighbor. God still meets curved-in people right where they're at. He meets curved-in Democrats. He meets curved-in Republicans. He meets all of us curved-in people right where we are at, and he makes us upright. Maybe not in ways we can see or touch or measure, but by grace through faith, he definitely meets us in the gathering of the faithful to hear the gospel and to receive the bread that is his body and the wine that is his blood, knowing that he is very real. And so we come We come curved inward, but made right to behold everlasting life. All of it in the crucified Lord, risen for you. And like those people in that synagogue, boy, we sing his praises. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.